Shopping for insurance can be time-consuming. That's why when it comes to your auto and home insurance needs, make things simple and trust the experts at Allstate. They help you get the coverage that fits your needs while helping you bundle your auto and home. Bundling saves you money and time, so you can enjoy the things that matter most. Contact Haymarket agent Rick Robertson or tap the banner to learn more. Are you in good hands? Not available in every state. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company, Allstate Property and Casualty Insurance Company, Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company, and Affiliates. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Yesterday at 3 p.m. Eastern, the L.A. Lakers officially lost the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. They lost the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. Well, at least this round of it, anyway. Because the sound of the trade window slamming shut was also the sound of a new player joining the competition. Enter Danny Ainge and the Boston Celtics. Danny Ainge and a war chest, which includes Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, and a possible four first-round picks this summer. It is stupid how much the Celtics have to deal. I mean, it's a joke how much they have to deal. The Lakers were firing a handgun. The Celtics have a bazooka and some surface-to-air missiles and a freaking tank. And now that arsenal is in the game. Boston does not have to wait and pace outside the Pelicans' door anymore, hoping for a chance to get into that fight. The Celtics are in that fight now. And believe me, they've got what it takes to win. They have a hell of a lot more of what it takes to win than the LA Lakers. So, how perfect then that the very first game of the next round of the Anthony Davis sweepstakes would be Lakers v. Celtics in Boston. Lakers v. Celtics in trade rumors. Meet Lakers v. Celtics on the floor. Pretty fitting, right? In the dream scenario for Magic, Rob Palenka, and every Laker fan, last night would have been the night that they broke out Anthony Davis. How sweet would that have been? They break out Davis, and they're right there in Boston. Instead, it was the night that they started a lineup of LeBron James and four guys who aren't Anthony Davis, but who were offered to the Pelicans, and then three more of them coming off the bench. And I got to be real now, they look like a completely different team from the last time they stepped on the floor. That hideous blowout in Indiana, man, that seemed like ancient history. Who were these guys? These were the same guys that LeBron tried to trade. These were the same guys that laid down and quit against Indiana. These were the same guys who looked like they all hated LeBron's guts. Who were these guys? Did you see the Lakers last night? These dudes had chemistry. These dudes were getting back on D. These dudes were knocking down shots. I mean, they were 22 of 41 from deep, and that's without Reggie Bullock and Mike Muscala, the newest Lakers, and actual three-point shooters. They weren't even playing yet. LeBron, another triple-double. Kyle Kuzma, 25-5. and five. Brandon Ingram, who got hit with the bronze gonna trade you. Because you can offensive rebound them, but most importantly, you have to transition. Bronze gonna trade you that chant in Indy. Even he went for 11-7. and seven. In Boston. How about JaVale McGee? JaVale McGee, who got the even more brutal, not worth trading chant. He had 17 and 8 against the Celtics. And then there's Rondo, 
Rajon Rondo, 17 points, 10 assists, and one amazing moment. L.A. down one with the ball. Go ahead and roll it. 10 seconds to go in the game. Ingram dribbles into the front court. Ingram still dribbling. Ingram to the rim, all the way to the basket. Blocked by Horford. Ball's loose. Grabbed by Rondo for the win. He got it. Rajon Rondo at the buzzer. A follow-away two-pointer. Lakers 129, Celtics 128. It's over. Lakers Radio Network, the iconic John Ireland behind the mic. And that's Rajon Rondo coming back to his old city to ram a dagger through their chest. And that's the first time he's ever done anything like that. And that's not an exaggeration. That's not hyperbole. Rondo, despite his career, has never had a go-ahead field goal in the final seconds of a fourth quarter or overtime in his entire career and picked a pretty freaking good time to do it. Magic and Palenka could not beat the clock at 3 p.m., so Rondo beat it last night. Hey, 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 Does not make up for not getting Anthony Davis. But man, it could have been so much worse. Could have been a hell of a lot worse. Play that out. Play out a loss there. That was just what Rondo needed and just what the Lakers needed. After a week and a half of chaos and disruption and getting worked by Big West legend Dell Demps. That team in that locker room looked like they were ripping apart. And no, one win does not fix everything, but it sure as hell helps, especially when it comes against a good Celtics team. Again, only one game, but that could be the one game they need to kickstart them down the stretch. If the Lakers lose that game, especially when you have Lonzo getting all hilarious on Instagram after the trade deadline. And his dad coming back to spew his typical garbage. garbage. Hell, how much better was it when nobody gave him a mic? But you talk about that fool. Talking about that fool and asking that fool to make a fool of himself is so tired. I mean, that feels like something from like 20 years ago. Seriously, what's fresher? Hammer pants or that fool being a fool? Hammer time. Anyway, you combine that with a full-on losing streak. A game against Philadelphia's big four on Sunday. And it could get really, really ugly. Suddenly, you might be looking at the possibility of going from Anthony Davis to maybe adding Carmelo Anthony. How the hell would that taste in the middle of a losing streak? You think you might get AD and you end up with CA. You think you're adding a Swiss Army knife and you end up with a butter knife. The worst game of want Settle, get, ever. But last night was not about that. Last night wasn't about the game. Last night was about what's to come. Because even if you think the Anthony Davis saga is over, you couldn't be more wrong. It didn't end at 3 o'clock. It just got interesting at 3 o'clock. Now we have less than four months for LA to figure out how to improve their offer. Now you have less than four months for Boston to figure out what they want to offer. And it's a joke. How much the Celtics have to offer. Danny Ainge can get that deal done without offering all of his assets. The Lakers already offered all of theirs. All of theirs, not named LeBron. And then on top of that, you still have just over three months until the draft lottery. And we all know that, or we don't know yet, who's going to have the Zion pick. 
And if that turns out to be the Knicks, then it's going to get spicy as hell. You like those storylines. How about LeBron picking Davis for his team in the All-Star draft? Better yet, how about LeBron picking Durant, Kyrie, Kawhi, Clay, and AD? I mean, is there a guy who might be on the move this summer that he didn't draft? He's even making jokes with Ernie Johnson and Giannis about tampering. With my first pick in the second round, I'm going with Anthony Davis. You sure you want him to be your teammate? Uh, I, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm very sure of that. <laughs> is not that tempering? No, no. <laughs> Shots fired, Tem- uh, and you're up. Tempering rules, tempering rules does not imply on All-Star Weekend. <laughs> Good one, LeBron. That was actually all right. Sort of funny. Team LeBron is now Team Tamper. I love it. If you're him, why wouldn't you pick every single one of those guys? It is a business. He's doing business. And one thing's pretty certain. This guy obviously did not come to Los Angeles just to work his production company and his movie career. He didn't come to L.A. just to put his feet up by a pool. This guy wants to win. He wants to win right now. Round one is over. There are 11 more to go. Yesterday was a really bad day for Magic and the Lakers. And then it got a little bit better, but the best is still yet to come, potentially. Let's get it on. Lakers do not have what the Celtics have to offer, but does Kyrie want to be there? Does it even matter as it relates to Anthony Davis? Does Anthony Davis even want to be there? Yeah, that would matter. And who is going to end up with the first pick overall for Zion? Something else that does matter. Yesterday was awesome. The next four months get life might insurance. be even better. Don't. Can't wait. It has Can't never wait. been easier with select quote. If you're like me, you have a mortgage and a family who depends on your income. Then you need to protect the ones that you love with life insurance. Life insurance can pay off a mortgage or help send the kids to college. It's peace of mind. You think you can't afford it? Chances are Select Quote can help you get it for less than a dollar a day. Here's an example. Select Quote could find a 35-year-old man a $500,000 policy for under $19 a month or a 37-year-old female a $750,000 policy for under $22 a month. A cup of coffee costs more than that. It's going to save you money. It's going to save you time. And yes, you want life insurance. It's important. If you pass, life insurance is your income replacement. It can help your spouse or partner pay off the mortgage or pay for college. Let Select Quote save you time and money. Get your free quote at selectquote.com slash Rome right now. That's selectquote.com slash Rome. Get a free quote. Do not put off protecting your family even one more day. Selectquote.com slash Rome. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Mark Stein is my guest. Great to have you back, Mark. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm, a, I'm awake. I'm alive. I made it. <laughs> I hear you. You made it through a trade made deadline. It the other side. I know, right? You're like a lot of guys who are sweating the trade deadline. You did your nah, work. You man, got your I'm, grind we, on. We are such. It is the greatest. We have nothing to complain about. We are. We are lucky that everybody hangs on every move, and we had. We had more than twenty in the last week. Good times. 
Best times. Best times. All right, so Anthony Davis was not somebody who moved. When you look at the situation involving Davis, the Pelicans, the Lakers, the Celtics, what kind of general thoughts do you have right now? You know, the Pelicans held firm, and I think they, they had to. Um, you know, there, there was enough conversation at the start of the week that I thought, wow, is it, maybe they just want to move on. Maybe they would just say, you know what, let's, let's just get out from under this cloud and do something with the Lakers. But, no, they did the right thing. And, look, sometimes from a basketball perspective, there's no one in the basketball side of things that, that – would have wanted to do something now. They know it's best to wait, but you never know how ownership's going to feel. You never know if ownership's going to say, let's move on. Our fans want to move on. Let's just do the best we can. But it turns out that, you know, the Pelicans ownership is NFL ownership. And, you know, they kind of had the same thing. Let's wait. We're not going to give the Lakers what they want. We're not going to give Anthony Davis what he wants. And the reality is waiting is the smart thing because it just, it just broadens their options, and they, they, will, they will have better options come, come June and really come May. Once we know the lottery, things will start happening. Once we know the lottery order. Mark Stein joining us. I hear exactly what you just said. Let me ask you this a different way. Was there any way for the Lakers to handle that situation any differently so they would have ended up with Davis before the deadline, or was that just not going to happen? I don't think so. I don't think there's anything they could have offered. Because, you know, one of the funniest things is when it came out at some point that, you know, the Lakers somehow leaked something along the lines of, if if the Pelicans don't take this, we're moving on to other targets. You're not moving on. Sure you're not. And everybody knows you're not moving on to other targets. There's nothing that the – I mean, except Zubac now, who they they can't include Zubac because they traded him to the Clippers. But there's nothing – that the Lakers could have offered this week that won't be there for the Pelicans later. They need Anthony Davis desperately, and everybody knows it. So that's why it made sense for the Pelicans to wait. Mark Steins, an NBA reporter for the New York Times. So, Mark, when you look at what Boston has to offer New Orleans in terms of talent and picks, exactly how does L.A. compete with that? Well, here's the thing. Boston can certainly beat them. And, and look, if the Knicks win the lottery, which, again, is not a great chance, even if they have the worst record, they're only going to have a 14% chance at it, just like the other teams in the bottom three. But let's just say the Knicks win the lottery and now have the, the chance to draft Zion, six other first-round picks in the next five years, and some pretty decent young players like Kevin Knox and Nilakina. They just got Dennis Smith. If the Pelicans decide they like any of those guys, the Knicks will become a factor in this thing. Uh, but the question, my, I'm looking at it differently. My question is, I, I would love to get inside the head of Danny Ainge because we all say Danny Ainge is a gambler. Danny Ainge would trade his son if he had to. We all say Danny Ainge would do anything. But will he really do anything for Anthony Davis? Davis is adamant that he's not signing a long-term deal there. And I know people will say, KG said the same thing. KG didn't want to play in Boston. Paul Pierce helped talk KG into that. Is, is Danny Ainge really going to trade everything? Is he go, basically, is he going to give up Tatum for a year and a half, for a, a season of Anthony Davis? If, and, now, and then the other question is, is Anthony Davis really as firm about not wanting to play in Boston as all the signals we've gotten so far? So there are other elements to the, to the equation besides 
do the Lakers have any chance to beat Boston's best offer? The Celtics got to think about this. This isn't to me. This is not a no-brainer. I could not agree more. That's my favorite aspect of this whole thing. I mean, he's made it very clear he does not want to be there, but is it possible? Like, if Kyrie is, we know AD and Kyrie are tight. I mean, is it possible or even likely that it turns into another Paul George scenario where he stays there for a year and decides he likes it? How possible is that? And the Celtics are one of those teams that usually has the confidence to say, we will bet on that. Boston's a team like that. Oklahoma City just did it, like you mentioned. Houston is a team like that. The Mavericks just did it with Porzingis. You know, Porzingis gave the Knicks a list of four teams he wanted to go to. We reported that earlier earlier this week. The Mavs were not on that list. Dallas did the trade anyway. So there are teams out there that are willing to do that. And again, Danny Ainge is about as fearless as it comes. And maybe he will say, we're going to do it. We're going to put all our chips in. We're going to get Anthony Davis here, and there's no way he's leaving Boston once he gets a taste of what it's like to play for the Celtics. But that is – are you allowed to say ballsy on the radio? That is a ballsy move to do that, to to put all your chips in there because they've got – because if you do it, you can't undo it. So they better be sure. They better be sure. And that thing, they can't be sure. They better be confident that they can – Keep that guy. You know, it's ballsy saying ballsy on the radio. You're right, though. That's a brass, brass move. Is that allowed? I don't know. I hope I didn't. No, it is. We're good. You're good. I'm good. You know, when you look at all the moves, Mark Stein joins us. He covers the NBA for the New York Times. When you look at all the moves in the East, Mark, trades by Milwaukee, Toronto, Philadelphia, if you had to pick one team to come out of the East right now, who would it be, or is that impossible until you see how these pieces all fit together for three of the four big teams in the East? I mean, it is impossible, but... We don't have radio shows to say no comment. So, I look, I, I still think Boston can come out of that group. Just, to, again, it hasn't looked great for them, but they do have a continuity edge over the other three teams. I mean, Milwaukee, Miritich is really going to help them. I mean, he is perfect for them. But let's also be honest. The Bucks haven't been there. It's going to be totally new territory for them. And teams that shoot, the three as much as they do does that you know that in the playoffs there's going to be skepticism can the bucks really win in the playoffs relying on so many outside shooters or you know besides the Giannis lives at the rim but but the other guys you're really you know they get they got to make shots and those those shots get more difficult in the playoffs when the pressure's on and teams have more time to prepare for you defensively. Philadelphia obviously has a great ceiling, but they've got 25 games to, to get a chemistry. And look, we've seen at the, you know before they got Tobias Harris at their best, they can beat, they can win in Golden State. But there's been ups and downs just bringing in Jimmy Butler. So I, I still and and Toronto, Toronto is really interesting, and Gasol is such a great team player. I have to think he's going to help them. But there are fit questions there. You know, what does this mean? for a Baca now. So I, I'm not ready to write off Boston's chances of coming out of the East, but here, the, the, just the fact that it's going to be so good at the East, at the top of the East, is it, it's, it's so badly what this league needs right now because there's this big conversation about it's all about trades, it's all about transactions, this is all people care about. The basketball has to be really good to make us care about the basketball. And the Warriors are such overwhelming favorites in the West 
we need a great Eastern Conference playoffs. We need those four teams to beat each other up, and we need someone good to come out of the East and give the Warriors a series, or we're just going to stay focused on trades and free agency. So I'm, I'm just hopeful that whoever comes out of the East that we get a good Eastern Conference playoff. And I think you're right. I think you've got some major players in the East that are going to beat the hell out of each other, and somebody's going to come out of that, and I think they're going to be a factor. I think they'll be a factor. I'm not going to say that anybody coming out of the East is the team to beat over Golden State because we know that's not true. Really quickly, Mark, before you go, what did you make of Kevin Durant and the way that played out? You know, KD didn't have much to say for the better part of seven days or nine days, and then when he finally did have something to say, he had a little something for the media. I know you saw those comments. What did you make of that as you watched that play out? I was surprised that he was that angry, but look, it was an, it was, it was an honest reaction in a real-time moment, and it happens. And you know, I'm, I'm not... Look, he, the story that night was not free agency. This, he made it a story by not talking for nine days. That's why it became... An issue now. Is he tired of all the speculation? I'm sure he is, but you know, to me, that was a rare bad moment from a guy who generally is as accessible as any star in this league is today. So I'm not, you know, I don't look at it as some heinous thing that he owes forgiveness to. And look, this is the way it is. There's a give and take, and there's there's times that guys get mad at the media and there's times that, that we get frustrated with the athletes we cover. I mean, it happened. So, I mean, I wasn't so bent out of shape by it, but I, I was surprised. I mean, he, he really, he really let loose. <laughs> and, and I, I think the Warriors were surprised. I don't think they expected it either. No, I agree. I'm not offended by that. I, I think that maybe even he maybe would like to have that back or maybe he wouldn't, but you're right. He actually is one of the more accessible superstars in that league or any league, but it's going to wear on guys, and he's got a few more months of that to be sure. Mark Stein, Cal State Fortson and Big West Conference legend. One thing, Mark, before you go. So, Dell Demps, I thought, had himself a day. It has not been easy. He does not have an easy job now being where he is. And I thought that he worked and played the Lakers and is a Big West guy myself. And I know you're a Big West guy. you got to like that. I tweeted out a video. Our guy, Seth Greenberg, who's also a Big West guy or Big West Roots, jumped in there and reminded me, come on, Rome, how do you not mention Long Beach State? And Seth actually tweeted, quote, we won the game and we won the fight. I don't know about you. I just like the Big West. And all these guys, you, me, Dell, Seth, have all gone on to other things, Brian Shaw. I just like that we have not forgotten our roots. You're proud of your Big West roots, aren't you? I thought you were doing it to him just like the Pelicans were doing it to the Lakers. I thought you were intentionally trying to get into his head, and it worked. You intentionally left nah. him out, and look what happened. You got a reaction. It was nah. beautiful. No, no, Seth, he, we, we go way back, Seth. He, he said that with a smile on his face, but he did want to remind me, we won the game and we won the fight. And I know exactly what he's talking about. They did win the game and they did win the fight. However, don't forget about the Big West, Mark. I, I don't yeah, care how no, many my, followers my you have, bro. conversations with him never end well, so you did, you did better than me. It'll come around. You know how it is. These things all come around, right? Just It's a war of attrition. Wait it out. It will come around. You know that, Mark. You know that. Well, Dell Demps must feel like he's going one on five against vintage Vegas with this thing because it is, it, it is, and the Pelicans still got a lot to figure out here, but they you know, did the right thing. He may, he may be going one on five, but he just dropped 40 on five, so good for him. Mark Stein covering the NBA for the New York Times, and he is all over all of it. Mark, great to have you back. Thanks so much. All right, man. Be good. Be good. The first thing I'm doing after I get home is getting in a workout, and I'm doing it with my Aftershocks headphones. 
Aftershocks features patented bone conduction technology. The headphones do not go inside your ear like earbuds that hurt or fall out. Aftershocks rest gently just outside. Yeah, I said it. Outside your ear and produce sound by sending mini vibrations through your cheekbone to your inner ear, bypassing your eardrum. Aftershocks are also perfect if you're out running or biking since you need to hear. It's a huge safety factor because they don't go right in your ears. Aftershocks are super comfortable. They're flexible. They're awesome sounding and they're lightweight. I am amazed by these headphones and the technology. In fact, I am never going back to regular headphones ever again. Aftershocks wireless open-ear headphones are the coolest products ever. Order an Aftershocks tech bundle right now and get 50 bucks off. Just hit roam.aftershocks.com and use code ROAM at checkout. That's the word after and then S-H-O-K-Z.com. Rome.aftershocks.com. I'm trying to make good decisions. I'm trying to make good choices. Like last week in Atlanta, I did nothing but go back to the hotel room. Back here in SoCal, I'm trying to do the right things. Now, I said on Wednesday of this week, I finally started to turn the corner. Even got back on the Peloton saddle. Felt great. Got a good sweat. Felt great like it always does. So, not only did I turn the corner with my body, I was turning the corner with my mind choices yo make good choices you know like the choice to not only get the cardio in but to get the lean protein and the clean burning fuel in so to wrap the week i want to make the best choices possible i come into work today with my plan the game plan game plan being protein bar for breakfast extremely lean meal and Peloton for lunch. All of that is going to lead me into a nice dinner tonight, something I haven't had in two weeks, and a chance to reset from two straight weeks of grinding with a sinus infection. Locked in, making good choices, bouncing back, feeling better and better, trusting the process, and the process included. A Quest protein bar at 7.30 a.m. Chased by a matcha green tea right after. I'm good. I'm focused. So I get into my office. And what is the first thing that I see? A freaking sausage and egg McMuffin from McCrackies. No! No! You have to understand, that is really unusual. I'm going to say in the last five years, I've had that happen twice. Really, really unusual. TGIF, the game plan is effed. Now you tell me. You tell me what you would do if you were me. You roll into work. You're at mile 25 of the marathon. You're busted up. Like fatigue makes cowards of us all. Your inhibition is down. Your mind is playing tricks on you. It's telling you you deserve it. You earned it. You've been grinding out two straight weeks without a day off. You're sick. But the other side, you're thinking you got a plan. You got a plan. But I'll be honest, when I was driving in this morning, a little bit late too, because I've been fighting it, a little bit late. I'm thinking to myself, man, Man, I'm sick of that freaking protein bar. Man, I hate that thing. I've been eating that thing every single day. Then I actually thought about ditching the plan, hitting Starbucks, 
but I was running a little bit late, so I didn't. So I mentally hit reset. I lock back in. I come into the office. I'm ready to grind. Bam! There it is. Wrapped in that trademark yellow paper, burning a grease hole right through my desk. A sausage McMuffin. The king of breakfast sandos. Second only to donuts in the all-time power rankings of food. There it is. Talking junk to me. Taunting me. Tempting my weakest impulse. What would you do? What did I do? What would you do? I'll tell you what I did. The same thing you do. Man, I grabbed that thing and I held it over the garbage can. I held it over the garbage can. I looked at it. I talked junk to it. And then I unwrapped it, chopped it up, rolled up a George Washington and hoovered it. Absolutely. Straight crack. And let me tell you something. When that greasy sando hit the bloodstream, to quote that one dude that I once met who told me what it was like to do heroin, I was riding the horse, yo. And I don't mean shared belief. My only regret is that whoever did bring me that sando did not pony up for a second one. As if there's not an epic two-for-four deal going on right now. Now, if you're anything like me, and I know you are, because anybody who ever does something like this has the same mindset. Once that hits your bloodstream, you think two things. Number one, this rush feels so amazing, I need to hit it again. Or you think, all right, that might be a terrible choice. Screw it. The day is wrecked. I broke format. I already blew it. I feel like crap about myself. I'm going all in. I'll start over again tomorrow. Am I right? This is how one slice of pizza at lunch leads to four slices of pizza. So I'm tripping. Man, I'm fiending. There is not another cracky entree. But let me tell you what there is. Snickers bars to the roof. Skittles. The two best candies in the world are in our house. It's 7 a.m. I've already had an Egg McMuffin, and I'm thinking about chasing that with a Snickers bar. Or four. All hell is breaking loose. Because Snickers bars are the greatest candy bars in the world. And if that happens, who knows what happens to this show. I'm telling you. And then I'm thinking about one guy. Before it comes off the rails, and everything goes to hell, I'm thinking about one guy. I love Snickers bars. I'm so glad they're partners. I'm thinking about one guy in the back of my head. Former Navy SEAL and resident badass Jocko Wilnick. I've been trying to get Jocko on my podcast. He wrote one of the best books I've ever read in my life. The book's called Discipline Equals Freedom. It is a brilliant book. I've read it several times. I'm a huge Jocko fan. Four days ago, Jocko tweeted this amazing video. He tweeted it. So right before I come off the rails and I make another run to Mickey D's or I go for some candy... I watched the video again, Alvin. Does the alarm clock snooze button crawl across your bed and, and, and put itself on your finger in order to hit snooze? Does a donut get out of the box and sneak into your mouth? Does comfort set up an ambush on your way to the gym and open fire and prevent you from going in the gym? No, <laughs> none of these things happen. Comfort does not ambush you. You ambush yourself. Don't let it happen.
Go get some. All right, something about this guy. Does a donut sneak out of the box and put itself in your mouth? One of the greatest lines in the history of lines. I'm telling you, man. No, Keith Arnold ambushed me. I didn't ambush myself. He left that thing on my desk. But Jocko would say that that McCrackies didn't unwrap itself and sneak into my mouth, and he'd be right. I stopped the bleeding. I thought of Jocko. Brandon Clark is my guest. Brandon, great to have you on the show. How are you? Hello, Jim. I'm uh, great. Thank you so much for having me. It's great. It's great to have you. I appreciate you doing it. Listen, I mentioned you had a monstrous game last night. You had a double-double. You had five blocks. Your 16 rebounds were the most in school history in a game at the Kennel. Let me start right there. How proud were you not only of how you played, but how the entire team played last night? Yeah, you know, I was just uh, super, super proud, really. You know, um, it, was a, it was a really fun game to play in. Um, I just feel like our team, team energy was really good that night. Um, I feel like everything was just clicking. Our uh, defense was uh, really good as a team, as a whole. And uh, it was just a really, really fun night. And uh, I was actually lucky enough to uh, break a couple of records that night. You did. In fact, your five block shots last night gave you 74 on the year, which is a new school record for block shots in a single season. And on top of that, obviously, you got a lot of time left this year. When you look at the big men who have come through that program, what's it mean to see your name on top of that list? Yeah, you know, it just means so much to me. There's been so many great bigs here. Uh, you know, just so many great players to, you know, so just to have, have my name up there with them uh, just means so much to me. Um, you know, it's just something that I'll never forget and something that I'll always keep really close to me. Brandon Clark joining us. So what's the secret to being a great shot blocker? For example, how much of that is about size and athleticism? And then how much of that is about timing and positioning? Yeah, you know, I just really just say timing. Um, I've always been pretty good at it. But um, as I got taller and uh, I got stronger so I could jump higher, it just kind of made it, you know, a lot uh, easier for me. But uh, definitely timing is the main thing in uh, blocking shots. Yeah, it seems to me also, Brandon, there's a thing also, there's like a mentality, right? The other thing is you've got to be fearless, especially in the age of Twitter and Instagram, because if you get dunked on, that's going to show up everywhere. And you showed that fearlessness against Tennessee with maybe the block of the year. What do you remember about that play, and how important is it to have that fearlessness in your game? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, Pond is a, is a very, very good athlete. Uh, he can jump really high, so I mean... Um, obviously kind of uh, scary having to jump up with a guy like that. But, you know, but I know, I mean, I have trust in my jumping too. So um, I just trust, trust myself. I trust my teammates that, um, you know, they got my uh, back. So, um, you know, I'll always jump for them, and I'm sure they'll always jump for me too. So That was the block of the year. That's an amazing play. We just ran that on CBS Sports Network if you're watching. Now, you beat a really good San Francisco team by 30 last night. You know, for most teams, that'd be a huge night. But for you guys, Brandon, it's like pretty much what you do. You're winning uh, conference games by an average of 29 points. How much are you guys looking to make a statement every time you step on the court? And not just about where you are in conference, but where you stack up with the best teams in the country. Yeah, you know, um, uh, Coach is just always telling us how, like, every night we have to go out and make a statement. And um, I feel like last night we did that. Um, you know, like you said, we've been winning almost every game by 30. So, um, you know, that's just kind of getting us ready for the future, uh, getting us ready for the tournament. And uh, we're just uh, taking it one game at a time, and we're just uh, trying to make a statement every game pretty much. Gonzaga's Brandon Clark joining us. Now, you started your college career at San Jose State. You had a really good thing going there. You were all conference. You had already established yourself as a defensive force. What was it about Gonzaga that made you feel like that would be a good spot for you? Yeah, I know. Um, it was uh, lots of things, really, but mainly I would probably say the redshirt program. Um, I was really trying to find a, a college where I could 
really just like hone in and uh, focus on my on my shooting and my strength, uh, which is two things that I've really showed. I, I feel like um, so you know, it just really hats off to the coaches and to uh, Travis Knight for really uh, giving me a chance and for helping me change my game and uh, my body to help me be a, a much better player. You, know, you touched on it, but what about that redshirt year? What's that like? For instance, you were doing things like running up and down the stairs with a sandbag on your shoulders. Yeah. What What was that like for you physically and mentally, and especially the entire year? Yeah, you know, it was uh, hard, really. You know, my uh, team was off uh, playing games, and uh, like you said, I was up, uh, running up and down stairs with a sandbag on my back instead of playing. Uh, you know, it was just lots of workouts, lots of extra lifts on top of practice and the working fun I already had. So, um, you know, it was, it, was, it was hard. You know, it was uh, hard to miss it at the end of the century game. But, you know, it was just it was, it was still good for me because I kind of felt like it got that fire going in me again. And it really had me want to come out, you know, just to prove to the world that I, uh, I could play still. You know what? It's a really unique program. It's an amazing program. And as part of that year, I would imagine, you start to learn the Gonzaga way of doing things. How would you describe what that way is and what life is like as a Zag? Yeah, um, I just say for like a player here and uh, being like a player in the program, I feel like there's just like a natural swag here of winning games, which is something that I didn't really have at San Jose State. Um, so I feel like that's really just based off of Coach View, uh, Coach uh, Tommy, just doing such a, a great job throughout the years, um, making it so Gonzaga is just always, you know, just a really good team. And I just feel like it's kind of like a swag that, that they've uh, gone going uh, the past like 20 years now. Brandon, I've known Mark Few for about 20 years, and he's always been one of my favorite guys. I, I really hold him in really high regard. For so long, he and I, you know, I used to talk about it, and then it wasn't really something funny anymore, but it was always like, when are you going to go? Where are you going to go? And he made it clear that I don't have to go anywhere. I can accomplish everything I want to accomplish right where I am, and certainly he's done that. He's built a monster right there. What's he like to play for? Uh, pardon me? What, what do I like to play for? Yeah, no, what's Mark Few like oh. to play for? Oh, um, you know, uh, Coach View is a great, great coach, first off. Um, one of the, the best coaches ever, period. Um, he's just really clear with uh, what he wants from his players, uh, which is which kind of, you know, really, really helps us just, you know, go out and, and play hard every night. Um, you know, he uh, just uh, keeps it super real with us, too. Um, you know, so that just makes it much easier to, to play for him. Um, he's, he's really easy to play under, too. So that just makes, you know, playing for him and winning games that much more fun. Brandon Clark, my guest, before I let you go, you're in a position right now where you're getting a lot of run as a potential National Defensive Player of the Year. And at the same time, I know a lot of your fans were angry that you were not included on the Wooden Award Top 20 last season watch list. Did that bother you? Did you get any kind of motivation or juice or fuel from that? Um, maybe a bit, yeah. I'm not, I'm not really a big uh, accolade guy. I just kind of like to go out and you know, uh, try to win every night. Um, is it cool to see my name up there? Yeah, uh, but um, it, it does add maybe a bit of fire. But um, you know, I'm not really that that big on uh, accolades. I'm just really uh, trying to win games, to be honest. I know it. You're part of a team that's got nominees for the Kuzi Award, the Wooden Award, the National Defensive Player of the Year Award. You're a part of a big three in the front court that is loaded with NBA talent. So, in other words, this team is good. This team is good. Does it feel like it's Final Four good or even National Championship good? I would say so, yeah. I mean, we have just so much offensive firepower. Our, our uh, defense at the start of, of the year wasn't all that great, but we've been really focusing on that during practice. And I feel like it's been showing during games. 
but I feel like that we have every piece that it takes to win a uh, championship this year. So uh, I feel like if we just keep working that it's a, it's a very possible thing for us. All right, so finally, as long as you and I are being real, Josh Perkins is a finalist for a number of awards, including the Koozie. But be real. What's he like as a Fortnite player? Is he the best Fortnite player on the team or you? Um, it's definitely me. I mean, playing, playing with Perk is actually really fun. It's funny because he's not the uh, best, but he, like, does what's best for the squad. You know, if he gets a gun that's, like, really good, he uh, knows to, like, give it to a player that's uh, uh, better than him. So, so it's uh, kind of like just, like, on the court, I guess. He's a really good passer, and, you know, he just makes his uh, teammates better. So um, I feel like it, it's, it's kind of like that in Fortnite, but he's definitely not, not better than me, though. Friday's Daily Jungle is rep by Capterra. Hey, yo, remember 1989, the year the World Wide Web was invented? Yeah, we've come a long way in 30 years. So why does it feel like the software that you use every single day at work is stuck in the past? Take a leap into the future by finding the right software for your business on Capterra.com. Capterra is the leading free online resource to help you find the best software solution for your business. With over 700,000 reviews of products from real software users, discover everything you need to make an informed decision. Search more than 700 specific categories of software, everything from project management to email marketing to yoga studio management software. Fact is, I would be absolutely lost Without Capterra, I have to maintain relationships and stay in contact with several hundred radio stations. Capterra helps me do that, and they can help you with your business, too. Visit capterra.com slash Rome for free today and find the right tools to make 2019 the year for your business. Capterra.com slash Rome. Capterra, C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A.com slash Rome. Capterra.com slash Rome. Then go ahead and do what you do, Alvy. The week that was. What's cracking? Welcome to the jungle. My name is Jim Rome. Nice to have you here. And again, I am back. I'm looking for telephone calls. We had our broadcast from Radio Row. Hello, give me this. A little congested, right? In my head, my sinus. I can't hear myself. Can't feel myself thinking. I'm not responsible for what comes flying out of my pie hole today. But that might not have been the greatest game ever. But that was the greatest coaching performance ever. Yeah! And the Patriots have won. Patriots outplayed them. Patriots outclassed them. Patriots outcoached them. Patriots out-executed them. Deserve to win that game. Period. Period. Robert Klemko is my guest. Belichick is honestly as advertised. Probably walking out thinking about about how much he's going to have to pay some guy to repaint his boat from seven rings to eight rings. We believe he'll, quote, bleep in his pants. If every time you drop back, you were wearing Dante Hightower or Kyle Van Noy, you'd probably have a big dump in your pants, too. Dump in your pants. They started the game by going punt, punt, punt. The defense was on the field a hell of a long time. They had their shots, but unlike the Patriots, they simply did not cash them in. Going to break out the Jag XJA today. Take the gambling winning, head down to Lincoln Road Island, one rip the casino to parlay it. Ben Volen is my guest. Romy, man. And it's unbelievable. Four out of five years to make it to the Super Bowl. Three championships. Tom Brady keeping it going at 41 years old. We'll never see anything like this again. You, man, you want sad? You want pathetic? You want embarrassing? Do you know how many meals I had outside that hotel room? None. Zero. Zero point. Not one. I had room service every freaking meal. I've never done crack, and I'm going to imagine that's what crack is like. Crack is whack. That chocolate shake was amazing. Amazing. Chris Mack. The, the cheesy roll-up weren't very rolled up. They weren't very fresh. They 
They weren't very hot. Cheese wasn't melted. What is your go-to sauce? There's only one sauce I recommend, Jim. That would be the fire sauce. Email. Or AC Green crying after his first wrestling match. <laughs> your clones are like your middle-aged loser, alcoholic, gambling, degenerate cousins that you normally don't talk to. But Rome, you're a good enough guy to uh, to shake my hand. Noob, you brown-nosing little bitch. Because hey, man, I, think I saw you napping it out in the office. Pretty nice, huh? I said maybe I'm a little overworked. He's like, ha ha. Aren't we all? Oh, dude, you think you work hard. Golden ticket. Of course, I'll take that. Ah, you need to be more like a doll. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Yeah, looking in the if mirror. If I was a parent and had a kid who could play, and the coach came in and just told that story, I'm like, give me the pen. Be a doll. The guy who showed up on the set that you looked at and immediately knew why. Jeff Hostetler. Not Jeff Hostetler. Saquon. Twitter. They're looking for me to defend that prickly little a-hole David Stern. That's not going to happen. Brandon Ingram in his third year out of Duke. Ron's going to trade you. Last year in year two is at seven. Ron's going to trade you. That is so cold. It's got to hurt because you know there's some truth to it. Damn. What the hell just happened across the street? Definitely miss it. And I'll miss being on the show with you too. Sorry, Romy. I can't come on the program anymore. I'm too busy doing the Tobias Harris deal. It's setting us up for the big summer. <laughs> That's funny. Dana White joining us. Dana, you were pretty critical of Oscar De La Hoya for his involvement. I've been telling you Dana, was that me or you? No, yeah. I, I could tell a tough question was coming, so I. Uh, that's my new That's my new system for tough questions. Jano, do you want to go to South Africa or not? Do you want that safari or not? And believe me, if I get a two for one, you're going under the knife, too. If I, if I, get, a, if I get a four for one, the kids will, too. Hey, Logan, Logan. do you want to come back to school looking well-rested and refreshed? <laughs> or Giannis pointing to the heavens at Monday night's victory and accidentally tickling the good lord's feet that's some big west that's the dell demps you're coming for there should be a banner in the new orleans rafters with dell demps name on it don't you ever jack with the big west for the win he got it magic and palenka could not beat the clock so rondo beat it last night hey does not make up for not getting anthony davis but man it could have been so much worse shots fired a freaking sausage and egg McMuffin from McCrackies. No! Don't let it happen. Go get some. The game plan is f- But there's always a Kit Kat sitting there screaming to you. Come and eat me. Mark Stein is my guest. He's leaving Boston once he gets a taste of what it's like to play for the Celtics. But that is... Are you allowed to say ballsy on the radio? That yes. is a ballsy move to do that. You know, it's ballsy saying ballsy on the radio. He has made his choice about what hill he's willing to die Death. on, and that hill is Dong Hill. Super motivated and went like 9, 10, 485, and he'd pick up the phone, Jim Rome Show. Jim Rome Show. Can you not scream at the callers? That's just the way I sound, boss. Call a baller. <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage. What's the Massachusetts? What's the name of that restaurant? Always good to be on, man. I'm the dude. Disappointing the dude. <laughs> Stop or Chris Stop? 250-pound oh, I know why athletes do roids. They work. We need more dogs. Oh, that's a cow. Sandwich, bitch. Bitch! All right, thanks, Jim. The best of you. Not monkey corn. Uh, Jim, are you still there? PhD in load management. Meat mill. What up, Decker? Horrible. Good night now! We are joined by Lawrence Guy. Lawrence, it's great to have you on the show. How are you? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Man, I'm great. It's really good to visit with you. It's been a few days since you won the Super Bowl and the parade. So let me ask you, how is life for you as a Super Bowl champion? Has it sunk in, and does it feel the way you thought it would? Oh, it's amazing. And it sunk in um, once we got onto the the parade float. It's one of those things that you always dream about. But once you get to live it, it's like, man, this is is 
a great memory. Uh, I'm going to cherish this for the rest of my life. And and, and then the next couple of days, she was like, how was the parade? I'm like, over a million plus people showed out to uh, the, the honor us. So it was amazing. So it, it is constantly this joyful days uh, waking up, remembering the, the events happening. Lawrence Scott joining us. I'll tell you what, from the outside looking in, it looked like it was a blast. And talking to you right now, it sounds like it was a blast. Before we get into the Super Bowl and what it's like to be a champ, let me ask you, you and the defense came into that game with an incredible game plan for stopping the Rams' offense. As you were scouting them, what did you see and what was your mindset as a defense going into that game? Oh, we All we thought about was if we play good te- technical football, we play together as a unit and we put everything out on the line, that we were going to come out with a with a win. Didn't matter what you was throwing at us. If we knew if, if we eliminated the big plays, um, any play that they did get, go to the next play and continue to play hard, that the outcome was going to be good for us. And, you know, we have faith in our offense to, to, to score points and, and do everything they can to maintain um, the clock. So we just went out there and it, it was like, hey, we know what they're going to do. We know we have to stop the run. We have to get pressure on the quarterback. And we got to just make the game disruptive for everybody, and that's what we did. Patriots defensive lineman Lawrence Guy is joining us. Rams offensive tackle Andrew Whitworth said after the game he felt like you guys completely changed your tendencies and your schemes for the game. Is that what happened, and did you feel like the Rams and Jared Goff in particular were maybe a little bit confused? Well, each game, you game plan, right? So, uh, with this game, we, we had a, a, a game plan for this uh, for that game, like we did uh, the previous week coming up. But I just felt like when we went out there, we understood what was going on, and when they adjusted, we adjusted. Um, it wasn't we were stuck in one little idea like this is what we're going to do. We adjusted as they adjusted. If they figured something out, we were doing. We were going to change it up on the sideline and put more pressure or, or take it off just to, to, to continue the. the um, confused what they what was going on and it looks like it sounds like what he's saying looks like that's exactly what happened but you know with our defense every player can play multiple positions and that's the best thing about it we had a player we had Patrick Trump go down we had somebody else come in so the best thing about how we play is it didn't matter where you lined up you can line up anywhere and play good football and that's what exactly what we do each each week out Lawrence Guy joining us. That's so true, right? When Chung went down, he is so important to that defense and such a leader on that defense. And you guys kept right on rolling. Your teammate Kyle Van Noy said after the game, quote, we don't got stars. We got elite football players, end quote. I mean, it might not be a team that's loaded with household names, but just how well do those pieces on that defense fit together and make for a special group? Oh, this, you see it in the play. Um, he, he made a, a perfect comment because that's what exactly what we are. We we compete with each other each week out. So you'll see, like you saw at the beginning of the season, that we're consistently building a relationship with the new players and the players that, that was on for the previous year. We keep building that relationship, and we keep um, growing together each play at a time, each practice at a time for every little piece in there matches. It's like uh, playing the chess game. You use every piece on the uh, uh, on the board, and that's what we do. We utilize every player on our team, and we we go out there and we play good, compatible football. It doesn't matter if if, you, if you're uh, on the left, on the right, you're in the middle. If that's your job, you're great at that job. If your job is to get pressure in the middle, and that's all you do the whole game, 
we know you're going to get pressure every single play that you're in. And that's what's so good about it, that we could constantly <clears throat> could change roles and understand that we're going to be compatible with the person next to us because we've got that relationship that we built. Patriot Lawrence, guys, the Super Bowl champion. You know, when you lay it out like that, you're talking about, I think, in effect, the Patriot way. And I think you can speak to this because your journey, your journey to get where you are is amazing in the sense that you were drafted in the seventh round by the Packers, and then you spent some time on their practice squad, and then the Colts signed you, and then the Chargers, and then the Ravens, and then the Patriots. I mean, it would have been easy for you to give up at some point along the way, but you never did. How come and what kept you going? Well, those was one of the things that this, this was my dream. Um, and I wasn't going to be denied with it. Uh, and my wife was a big supporter of that, and she helped push me throughout the, the, the way. But when you have a, a, a goal of trying to be the best you can in that job that you're doing, then nothing could hold you back. And that's what my whole mindset was, was nobody going to tell me that somebody else was going to be better than me or I, I did not belong in this league or I didn't belong on a team. So... Every single year, I, I train harder, study more to, to get where I'm at. And as long as you have that ideal in your mind and that goal set, you can accomplish anything in life. It doesn't matter how many times somebody tells you no. I got a perfect example of what I went through. How many times people kept telling me, no, no, you're not going to make it. Well, or you're not good enough to be on this team. Well, if we want somebody else, they just put that drive in you. Like, well, I'm going to keep doing it until I forced my way into this, and that's pretty much what my whole idea was. I forced my way into it and started growing more and more back here comes to what I have accomplished today. Patriots defensive lineman Lawrence Guy joining us. The thing is, and it's if it were just football, that'd be pretty amazing in and of itself, but it's not just football. One of the things that's been a major part of your journey is the fact that you've been an advocate for students with learning difficulties. I want to get into your role as an advocate in a minute, but can you take me back? When you were a student growing up in Las Vegas, what was school like for you? Oh, you know, it was challenging. Um, trying to get the, the basics of, of, of everyday activities uh, in the classroom and stuff like that, it was, it was a challenge for me because dealing with what I had to go with with my learning challenges. So <clears throat> actually sports was the thing that helped me out because it helped me get the repetitive motion down of how I needed to learn in the classroom and to put it that that on the field or, or on the matter wherever I was doing at that time. So it was a challenge, you know, and every single day, every every year with a new challenge, I had a uh, had a goal to, to to get. And every time I succeeded that goal, I just put another one ahead of me. And I did that over the years, over the years, over the years to get where, I, where I'm at and to get what I wanted to do. Like, I wanted to go to college, so I had to put that goal that I needed to get to college. And when I got to college, I was like, I need to stay in college and continue to grow and get a high GPA, and that's exactly what I did. All right, so what happened here? Like, early on, maybe you weren't exactly sure what was going on or the teachers did not really know what to do with you, but when you arrived at Arizona State, they did some tests and they identified the challenges, and then you started to kill it academically. You got a GPA of 3.5. You got the title of Scholar Baller. What was it like to finally have everything identified and then to be able to transform your educational experience as a result of knowing what you were dealing with? Uh, it was good because we, we knew I had ADD and uh, learning challenges throughout uh, elementary, middle school, and high school because I had all of my documents. My, my grandma was a, uh, a special ed teacher, and my dad jumped on it immediately when I was younger. So we knew that. We didn't, we 
actually have a name for what it was until I was leaving college and going to the NFL, where we found out that, uh, the building that the DRT offered to test him and they actually put names on him because it's a, a very expensive test to get. So when they asked, offered it for free, and they're like, hey, these are the tests that you, we could do. I did those tests. got the names of, of what it was so I could just have a name to it. But um, that had happened to later on, and it kind of clicked on why everything was happening a certain way. But, like, earlier in college, it took me to the, it took me an um, opp- uh, opportunity to take advantage of these resources when I had to have a talk with um, my dad and the academic uh, uh, advisors telling me, hey, we might need some extra help. Don't be shy to get these extra help. And I got out of my bubble, like, you're right. Need the extra help. I don't need to sit here and have this stigma in my mind of, uh, well, everybody sees me going to this building, getting um, tutoring sessions, or I get I get extra time, or I, I get this. Once I got that out of my mind and took advantage of those resources, have every tutor I know, the man that can help me, if they help me understand how they picked up stuff and took apart how they did it and utilized it, and how I learned stuff, I became um, successful in the classroom, and I became that scholar baller, and I became that advocate to other athletes to to tell them, hey, it's not a problem that you might learn a little bit differently. You might need a little bit more help, but get the help. And nobody's going to look at you differently. And and once they started doing that, once I started doing that, it, like you, just, you see the growth in everybody. And I saw the growth in myself as uh, how I was um, in everyday life. Yes, yeah, so really quickly, it's such a key point. It's really important. In the advocate to other athletes, but to other people. For instance, if somebody's listening right now and they're dealing with some of the challenges that you have faced, what would you say to that person? I would say this, this if you're younger, talk to your parents. They'll be the first resource that you can have. Your parents could go out there and, and help you out. If you're older, talk to your professors. Find the, 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 the counselors. Find anybody that, could, that have an idea of where you could go to. And it might not be the first time around where they exactly know where to go, but if you consistently want to get better at what you need, you're struggling with, nothing hurts to ask. And the only thing that hurts is not to ask and to feel like somebody might judge you because nobody's going to ever judge you for asking. You're only going to better yourself. And if anybody that is judging you about asking for help or anything, you should be around that person anyway because they're not trying to help you out through your life and get you to, to grow. Patriots defensive tackle Lawrence Guy with some great advice. Last thought, a couple of weeks back, and I appreciate you sharing that story. You and your wife, Andrea, had the oh, ultimate baby gender reveal at Gillette Stadium, complete with fireworks and the entire stadium being lit up blue. How did that come about, and then what was it like knowing that your second child is going to be a boy? Oh, it was amazing. So <clears throat> we was going for uh, uh, a big gender reveal because the first one we didn't, we didn't do was a gender reveal. We just went to some of house, and I remember asking her, like, maybe we should reach out to the Patriots to see if we could do it at the stadium. And they were like, yeah, we, we should try. So we, we reached out to um, Donna Head of Community Relations and said, hey, any way that we can – do the ginger ale on the field after AFC championship. Um, and they're like, well, it's a way. So we could do it the next week if we win. I'm like, cool. So once we won that, we, we set it up, gave her the paper, and she pretty much set everything up in the facility for us. And all we, we did is we had to show up and 
and she was like, it was amazing. So she told us she had the paper for, for about a, a few days, and she was like, only three people knew because we wanted to get her around the building. And she was like, we're just going to sit here. We set up the fireworks, did that, and had some songs playing at the end of the, uh, the reveal. And they were like, it, it, it's the biggest thing everybody could see. You know, and everybody around the Patriot Place was solid, and they were wondering what was going on. But when it when it got posted in um, in the news media news crews were actually out there finishing up their daily interviews and saw it in the background, it became a big thing. And I, like me and my wife were just thrilled, and having a boy is awesome because I got a girl and a boy now. So it, you know, everything else is is, is great. You win the smack off, and you call, and your name is Vic in NoCal. I put you right up, Victor. What's up? What's up? Yeah, I want to shout out to James Kelly, first of all. Always good to have the deck in the house. What up, deck? And you know, Rome, as I was saying last time I called you before I was so rudely interrupted by the dump button, there are certain guys in the jungle who are consistent with a brand, you know? Like Brad and Corona called recently to talk at length about circumcision, and that was uh, predictable. I mean, the guy has made his choice, you know. It's been a decade now since Mike DeTola pointed out Brad's creepy, super bad-like obsession with the male unit. But Brad, much like Tom Brady, is still going as strong as ever, you know. It's kind of admirable. I mean, the man is dedicated to his craft, you know. He's committed. He has made his choice about what hill he's willing to die on, and that hill is Dong Hill. But, hey, Brad, I was kind of hoping that in your call you were going to take a little bit of a run at Jim Rome, you know, I mean, since that's kind of like your new thing now to, to call in and roast whoever's hosting that day. But what's the matter, dude? Are, are, are you afraid of old Romy? You only going to go after the low-hanging fruit like Brian Weber? I mean, come on, man, do a little roast to Jim Rome. I want to hear it. Now, now, speaking of brands, Rome, Bonkin' Buffalo has a brand, and that is to speak in an idiotic wrestling voice while he cracks on things that are much better than him, you know, like me or the New England Patriots. You know, for the last few weeks, Rome, I've been telling people that Jules Edelman is a Hall of Famer. And meanwhile, this moron was calling into the show with, oh, Julian Edelman sucks. Then the Super Bowl happened, and, well, one of us was right, the other was bonk. Dude, Edelman is definitely a Hall of Famer, man. You, you know, the Hall is for guys who have left their mark on the game in legendary moments. You know, all, the, all these legendary guys I, I grew up reading about as a kid, Lynn Swan, Fred Belitnikoff, these legendary Hall of Famers, they had horrible stats, man. I mean, go look them up right now. Terrible stats, but they got famous playing big in big games that everyone remembers, you know, and, and not just wide receivers, man. Troy Aikman, too. Go look up Troy Aikman's stats. I'm not kidding you. They are downright Kyle Orton-like. Oh, well, Aikman was a key part of three championship teams. Yeah, well, so is Edelman. I mean, you saw that huge game he had against the Chiefs up at Arrowhead. Just totally clutch, third-down conversions. Then he goes out the next game and wins Super Bowl MVP. He had that huge catch against the Falcons two years ago, you know, that, that famous juggling circus catch. He scored the go-ahead touchdown in the Super Bowl win against the Seahawks with two minutes left in the game. He had that huge touchdown pass he threw, you know, on that trick, uh, that trick play in the playoff game against the Ravens, a game they were losing by double digits. So, yeah, the guy has definitely left his mark on the NFL in the biggest games possible, you know, way more than like some Brandon Marshall racking up stats in meaningless games, Jimmy Smith down there in Jacksonville piling up numbers in the middle of nowhere. Great receivers, but they're not playoff legends. You know, they're not guys who – 
people who don't normally watch football are going to recognize. So that's it for me, bro. War, the NFL firing whoever the genius was that ruined the Pro Bowl by moving it from this weekend to two weeks before the Super Bowl, which means none of the good players are going to play in it. So late. Look at Vic with a straight, straight, straight. Mark in Green Bay. Great to have you on hey, the show, Mark. Jim. Hey, Jim. How you doing? Good, bud. How about you? Good. Hey, first time caller, and I was just listening, laughing my rear end off about the McNasty sandwich. I'm comparing it totally. I I could completely understand where you're at because I was thinking about, you know how you come home and your kids lay the Halloween candy bag on the freaking table? Yes. And you walk by that bag, and I swear it opens up and it calls to you. Eat me. Come over here. <laughs> you eat. You have your you have your protein drinks, but there's always a Kit Kat sitting there screaming to you. Come and eat me. Come and look in here. Good night now.